Thank you for listening to the Movement Group podcast from Movement Church in Hilliard, Ohio. This podcast is intended to help encourage you as a group leader by hearing from other leaders who are right in the trenches with you. Each month, we will hear about the wins, struggles, and tensions each leader goes through while focusing on one leadership principle that leaders can grow in and apply. If you have any follow-up questions about what you hear today, email us at info at movementcolumbus.com. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our Movement Group podcast. This is week two, and I am here with Tyler Gorham, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. What's up? Is that an app? It is. I use the air horn. Hip hop air horn app is my preference. So other members in our group choose other apps. I think I think you should use that for just big points today that you want to come across with. You know, just just use it. I'll let you add those in and we'll see how many points I make that you feel are worth an air horn. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So Tyler is here with us this week um, or this month, I should say. We're doing these every month and uh, we're just going to be talking about the real and the raw of of things that we struggle with as group leaders, how we can grow as group leaders and with different aspects of, of movement group and leading those. And, and, and that's just the vision behind our movement groups is, um, and why we want to do this is so that we can help encourage you guys as leaders and, and to just really grow and, and walk away feeling like you can do this. You don't have to have all the answers, but you know, working through real life things is, is, is an okay thing. And so uh, last week we talked about, you know, how to prepare for and study um, and, and, and just lead a discussion guide properly. And, and this week, we're going to be talking about serve week. Why is it important to serve? How do we champion those things? And so, um, but before we do that, you know, with our movement groups, some of us like to do this thing called the hot seat where Absolutely. you're in the hot seat for 10, 10 minutes or so. We're not going to do the full 10 minutes, but it's just a cool, fun way to get to know you, Tyler, as a, as a group leader and as someone who's so involved in our church. Tyler is actually our um, outreach coach, him and his wife, Julie, um, lead outreach, local outreach, and they do a great job with that. So I couldn't think of a better person to come talk about serving and, and serve week uh, with movement groups. So Tyler, tell us about yourself. What is, what is, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. I am a grad student at Ohio State. Um, so I study, it's called environmental health science um, within public health. So basically I get to study how our environment makes us sick. Um, mm. So I'll finish that up in May. And then after that, um, hopefully land a job here in Columbus so we can uh, stick around and, and we'll see what, what God has for us after that point. That's awesome. So you will be a PhD or a doctor. Yes, technically. Dr. Yes. Gorham. Oh man, I love calling you that, but I you, hate Mark it. you cringe every that. time I yeah, say that. I, yeah, it's, I feel like it's not earned at all yet. So we got to get there. Hey, you're, you're way more you're farther ahead than I ever will be. Thank so. you. Uh, so... How did you get involved with movement? Like, where are you, where are you at now? How, how'd you get to where you are? Yeah. So my wife, Julie, grew up um, in the Grace Brethren family of churches. Um, so she's been a, a, a Grace lifer, I would say. Um, so we um, went to Grace Western Reserve, uh, Pastor Jason Haymaker's church in Northeast Ohio um, awesome. before we came down to Columbus. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Um, mad respect for Jason. Um, so we, when we got married, we moved down to Columbus, um, and Julie knew that there was going to be a new Grace Brethren Church. She knew Mark from having grown up um, within our family of churches. Mark was kind of this local Everyone knows Mark. youth pastor celebrity, right? Right. So <laughs> if if the guy that DJ'd our conference could could do it, we might as well trust him to teach, I guess. So we just kind of jumped in. Um, movement felt right. Felt right. It felt like home from the start. Um, that doesn't mean we weren't without struggles along the way. Of yeah. You know, I think as movement found its identity, we kind of found how we fit within it. And, Mm -hmm. 
now, I mean, we just absolutely believe in the people. We, um, you know, love you and Mark as leaders. So that's where we're at with movement now, I guess. And like you said, we help with local outreach um, now. It's kind of our role within movement. That's awesome. That's awesome. So my next question, and this is very shallow. Please. Nothing spiritual about it. Skimming off the top. Absolutely. Would you rather have no elbows or no knees? Mm. I asked Sarah last week and I was kind of surprised about her answer, but I'm, I'm curious to know where you land with this. Yeah. So Sarah's justification was so that she could run and that is not a necessity in my <laughs> life. Um, I made a fantastic breakfast sandwich yesterday and I was thinking I couldn't eat this or feed this to myself without elbows. And so I'm going to say I would have to have elbows, knees, you know, I'm looking here at Josh Howard filling out his t-shirt with these guns and I oh couldn't, I can skip leg day. I don't mind skipping leg day, but I gotta, I gotta have elbows to be able to do curls. So, well, yeah, I, I want to say curls for the girls. Absolutely. You know, and all you single men out there, that's the key right there. We're actually doing curls during this interview. Yeah. You can't see us, but yeah. Yes. You know, you, you say that you want to have no elbows or you want to have no knees so that you can eat, but you mm-hmm. really could eat with just your mouth, you know, just going down to the plate and that's true. I look like I was in a hot dog eating contest every time I ate, but I, I could do it. All right. All right. So no knees. Um, that's, that's good to know because, you know, we are doing curls right now. But anyway, uh, you know, it's fall time. You know, we actually turned on the heat in the office for the first time this morning. So it's actually getting kind of cold. I'm kind of sad about that. But some people love fall. What do you love about this time of year? I'm for it. I, I like fire. So we don't, always, we don't do a campfire every night or anything you like that. You and Sarah both. I like, oh, did she say that? Yeah. I missed that. Um, yeah. So I just like campfires, whether that's actually camping the few times we get out um, or with friends. Fire is just, I think there's something magical about it. There's people open up around a fire um, or just people are okay not saying anything around a fire, which is pretty cool for mm. an extrovert like myself. I can shut up when a fire is <laughs> present, which just is good. Yeah. That's awesome. So your movement group leader. Yes. How long yes. have you been a movement group leader? This is our second year. Second year? Yeah. Awesome. And we apprenticed, I guess, the year before. So so why, what made you want to become one? Um, so I saw the way that we originally apprenticed with Don and Erica. And before that, we were in the Hills group. And I saw both of those, I guess, families or sets of leaders lead in a way that they were really shepherding their group, um, especially as we invested more within the group. So seeing the hunters really build community out of the group and make that group of families that, um, you know, some were completely new. Like we had one family come into movement. They were totally new. So totally new to our group, new to movement. Um, And to be able to bring families in and make one larger family out of that to the point that we know about, you know, small doctor's appointments all the way up to major things that are going on and we can celebrate major victories together. Um, I think that's a huge blessing and a huge side of the church that we would miss out on otherwise. Mm. Um, and so once we kind of bought into that and we're part of it, it just made sense to want to be able to lead it. Um, that's kind of in, yeah, I don't know. I think we just felt called to be able to, to do that for another group of people. That's too. awesome. Yeah. We, we, you know, we love hearing, you know, the heart behind people as leaders uh, who want to lead that community and just the discipleship and the families that we see happen is, is just so encouraging. Mm-hmm. So you're in your second year. Yeah. How does it compare from since last year? What did, How's it going so far? Our group is so different from last year. Um, both groups were good this year. I think we've hit a stride much earlier in the year. So last year it took us maybe a couple months um, for everyone to get comfortable for folks that maybe usually wouldn't speak out to speak out. Um, but this year from the first week, we just, it felt like we hit a stride. Um, we have 
everyone from a couple that's been married almost 30 years to single folks. And to be honest, um, since we're, since we're being raw and honest, I didn't know if we should nudge the single folks out of the group for their sake and for the Mm -hmm. sake of the group, because I thought, how is this combination going to work? Um, but literally the other three leaders in our group. So Julie and Tyler and Kristen all said, why would we do that? Let's just let it run and see how it goes. And it is so God given, like our group has come together. Multi-generational. Yeah. It's walks of life. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's come together in a way that I, I think God has just blessed us so much with this group. Um, I just hope that I, I feel like I want to step away and just let everyone else lead it so that I don't screw it up because it's just so from God to see our group where yeah. it's at already. That's encouraging. And, and that's our hope, you know, like obviously there's natural demographics that you'll reach mm-hmm. because of who you are as in, in your walk of life and in your age and everything. But I love seeing groups come together that are unique in that way because God ordained it to be the end see him work in ways that we couldn't expect. And yeah. It's amazing. It's nuts. And the folks that are connecting within our groups too, it's not like just the single folks are connecting with each other. Just the married folks are connecting. Mm. Um, once we're together as a group, we, you know, we still open up about things like marriage or, or whatever struggles there, but everyone comes to the group as an individual as well. And so it really mm. works um, so much better than I thought it was going to, to be honest. So. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what are, you know, what are, since with being a group leader for two years, what are some of the wins and struggles that you might have faced along the way? Yeah, so wins, I think we're, we are winning in building community. So that, that's gone well. Um, one thing that I love that the hunters set up um, was just an open text chain with your entire group. So the hunters were your they were, yeah, leaders. So, you were apprentices. Yeah, we apprenticed oh, yeah. the hunters okay. before. And, and they had um, just a text chain of, of everyone in our group. Mm. And that's something that's small, but I think it, it helps keep the lines of communication open throughout the week. Um, so, you know, if you just have like a, not a small prayer request, but just something throughout the week, it doesn't have to wait until the next time you meet. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So that's been a win and something that we can see fruit in, especially with people that are good at memes and gifts. Those are especially a blessing. I'm trying, but Julie said my gifts are always blurry and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, struggles. I think <laughs> commitment is probably um, the main struggle that that we saw last year and this year in trying to get folks um, to really buy in. Sometimes that can be a struggle yeah. to see, totally. you know, they'll come this week or next week, you know, they're not sure and just really, um, you know, just getting folks to really buy in and be 100% all in with group is definitely, the, I think, probably the number one struggle we've had. Yeah, and and that that perfectly sets up where we're heading today because, you know, we are the, our format for groups have been we serve or we we discuss. We have a Bible study twice twice a month that are sermon based or message based, and then we serve once a month, and then we have the fourth Sunday off. And and so the first two where we have a Bible study where people have dinner and, you know, talk about the message. Those are the easiest ones to attend. And then, you know, sometimes you struggle with commitment issues with that. But then when it comes to serve week, you know, that we do once a month, that can be where we sometimes see fall off with members in your group. And, and then obviously the fourth, fourth week we have off, which is, which is great. But I think one of the things that we want to talk about and how we can help grow our leaders is the importance of serve week and how to champion it well as a leader. Because I think if it's not championed well, I think I think that could be sometimes where we see the fall off with Absolutely. members being excited about it. Oh, we don't really need to come. It's not really a priority. I can just have the night off. Definitely. Um, so like like I said, last month we talked about, you know, discussion guides and how to better prepare for that. But we just want to really focus today, you know, you're our outreach coach, you know, how can we talk about Serve Week and stuff like that. And I think the some of the struggles that we have seen is just like, um, you know, we have 70% of our people in groups, which is awesome. 
but only 20% of our, our, our groups are really shown up, have shown up on serve weeks. And we're, so where is the disconnect there? You know, it's an easy, like I said before, it's an easy week for people to skip. And, and then, you know, some, we've had a lot of questions from group leaders. How do I get people to come? How do I get people excited about that? And so those have been some of the struggles. And I know mm-hmm. you, you've come with some thoughts and, and things that you can add of things that you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, this is something our group struggled with last year. We had serve weeks where, um, you know, Julie and I would show up as the leaders, you know, we're definitely, uh, we try to hold ourselves to a higher standard just as the leaders mm. thinking that that would just trickle down on its own naturally. Um, but we found that that's not always the case. So we would show up and maybe we were the only ones there, one or two people showed up. So as the, we weren't the outreach coaches then, but it's, it's not something that's easy or that um, just happens. So I think I was trying to think about why we, why people don't show up. And the four main things that, that I have are we think serve week is busy work or a place filler. So, yeah. um, you know, we have two weeks that are sermon based, one off week, and then we'll just throw in this serve week um, as something to, to keep them busy, right? Like sending home homework that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, we think it's the same as serving movement as a local church. So it's definitely important to serve our local church kind of, you know, inward service, I guess, within movement itself. So you may be on a, a ministry there. And I think it's easy to say, well, I served on Sunday, so I don't need to go to this, you know, other serving opportunity, but it's entirely separate serving our community as a way mm-hmm. for our church to, to look outward. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's probably something that comes up for folks. The third um, is that we don't feel excited about the serving opportunity. So that's something for Julie and I, there, there are serving opportunities um, in the past that we didn't feel excited about. And it's, you know, I think that that's a mind frame that I want to encourage us to get away from. Um, there's, I'll get on just a mini soapbox. Um, so a lot of times we're called to be obedient in ways that will benefit us that we don't realize up front, right? So tithing, most people don't think tithing, like they don't wake up in the morning and think, this is how I'm going to connect yeah, with Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to give away my 10%. Right, right, yeah. right. So there's there's ways that um, we're called to be obedient that, that we don't feel called to or that don't excite us, right? Our mm-hmm. culture is very much based on how do you feel about it, right? Um, but in, in tithing, it helps us direct our hearts and yeah. show that if I can give part of my money away, it helps us step back and think like, okay, yeah, so this money was actually God's to begin with. Mm. And I think with serving, um, what I really hope to get across today and just with our church, I want the heart of our serving to be, I can give of my time and energy and efforts, even if it doesn't excite me in the same way tithing didn't excite us to start, yeah. um, because this is God's time and God's talents to begin with. Um, so I think a, a major reason we don't serve is because it doesn't excite us or we don't feel like it that day. Um, but we're honestly called to serve anyway. Yeah. And then the fourth is just not making serving a priority. So often we'll schedule anything we can on top. You know, my aunts, uncles, cousins, sisters, brothers, <laughs> neighbors has a six-year-old birthday party this week. Sorry, we can't That's make important. it to the serving. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> but if it was your, if it was your kid's birthday party, obviously, um, you know, go, that's cool. But I think we also, we often don't make it a priority, even in the same way as we would make regular group week a priority. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think it's good. It's really good to address the issues that we see. Cause I think it better helps us understand, you know, where do we need to go and how do we need to um, be aware of better ways to communicate? Like what are, what are the holes? What are the, what are we missing? But um, so that's why, that's why in these podcasts, we always want to try to address some of the issues that we see and then how do, how do we address them? But, um, so moving forward and talking about serve week and the importance of it, you know, for those of, 
the listeners out there who don't know what Serve Week is and the vision behind it, why we do it. Can you kind of explain some of those things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Serve Week is our chance to grow as servants. So that's that that connection uh, is hopefully pretty obvious. We have different goals for movement groups. And Serve Week is really our main channel for movement impacting our community yeah. um, in the world too. So Serve Week is how we do our local, our local outreach within the church. Um, that way we can serve together, not just for the sake of the community. So it's not just helping the poor, but we also want to grow and see where our hearts are at concerning serving. And I think that um, if we just had it be uh, just churchwide signups or something like that, we may miss people or folks could fall through the cracks. But serving together, I think definitely brings us closer as family. Oftentimes, um, serving opportunities aren't really comfortable, right? A lot of folks, most folks, probably myself included, we're not super comfortable or excited about the idea of stepping into a homeless shelter for the first time or something like that. Um, And often when we're in those uncomfortable situations, that's when we can, you know, really give it up to God or grow together as a group and and rely on each other. So if I know that, if I know that you're there, Josh, serving with me or something, then that'll kind of bring us closer as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's definitely external, but I think it helps our internal growth as well. Yeah. Like for any of any one person who's been around movement long, you know, you know that, we're not really program based or oriented. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of things that we do, but we really push people to be in groups and to be involved with their community, to have discipleship and to learn that you don't just compartmentalize serving or like big outreach things only when the church organizes it, but how of out of the family that you're with, how do you learn to impact the context in the community that you're in? And um, so, and that kind of like grows with our DNA or supports our DNA of like, we wanted to come to Hilliard to um, be a place that if we were gone, people would notice. Not just because, oh, look at us, we're pat ourselves on the back because we're doing service, but because we want to show people who Jesus is and share the gospel with people. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think what we what we often miss is that serving is a part of being a Christian. So it's not just um, an act of, you know, I talked about obedience earlier, but it's not just an act of, I want to be a better person, so I'll go serve or something. Um, if as Christians we're called to be Christ-like, and that means modeling the things that Christ did, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so while Jesus was here, he was often serving people. If you think of all the ways that he was healing folks, um, obviously that was partially to show that show who he was, right? Show his divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's also as a service to those people, right? So that their lives can be improved. I mean, I think that we're we're definitely called to be servants. So. I was trying to think through where in the Bible does it specifically say to serve? Um, and Mark 10, 42 through 45, I think is our, is our best picture of this. Jesus called them together and said, so he's talking to uh, his disciples here. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we have Hmm. Jesus saying, you know, he's ushering in this new kingdom, right? Which is a huge picture of the gospel. So the gospel doesn't just tell us that we are going to end up floating on clouds in heaven and, and be saved. That's the our, our salvation in Christ is center, absolutely. But it's also part of this larger kingdom. Like when we mm. pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so I think service is really a way for us to bring heaven down to earth and to yeah. show people um, the love of Christ in a just a real way. Like I think 
if I needed it and I had a group of people that came and helped me, right? I would want to be like more like those people. I want to find out what it is that makes them tick, that made them want to just love this stranger, right? Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason that we're called to serve. That's awesome. So with the heart behind Serve Week, um, just talking about that, you know, that's kind of changed um, kind of how we have done things in the past. Before it's been just, we have designated Serve Week opportunities for groups to do and you just kind of airdrop in and, you know, leave, check it off for the month. And then I think that could be some of the, the, the holes that we've seen in, in, in service being down and, and volunteers being down. But uh, what is changing this year? How has, how has um, your heart for group or for group outreach and serving and all that stuff kind of molded what we have now, where we're heading? Yeah, definitely. So I, first I want to say none of this is just for me directly and not that that's what you were saying. Um, but a lot of this is from conversations with my wife and I, and just, what God has placed on our hearts as well as Mark and Josh and our elders um, and just the vision. So it's a really a, a collective vision. It's not just mm-hmm. what the Gorms are, are thinking up. Um, so in the past, it was really easy, I think, to not be connected to our service because, and this wasn't anyone's fault. This is just how our service was structured. So we would just serve, um, you know, a, a different purpose or a different serving opportunity every month. And it was really easy to say, you know, if we're at the fall fest, I don't need to be at the fall fest. It's going to happen without me there. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know the folks there. Um, You know, it's not something that really pulls on my heartstrings again, that I feel excited to serve. Um, But so what we're doing in January is making a shift where each group will pick what organization or movement or whatever it is here in Columbus or in Mm -hmm. Hilliard, um, what organization is doing the work, the, you know, the kingdom centered work that, that you want to be a part of. So um, it, there's a, enough, there's a couple threads of addiction within my family. And so addiction is something that is close mm-hmm. to my heart, right? There's some folks that homelessness is what's close to their heart yeah. or human trafficking. So we want to, we want folks to be able to connect with the things that God has placed on their heart so that they can make that connection. You know, we're called to serve either way, but I think just in the way that, you know, God gives us certain talents to go serve the church in certain ways. Mm-hmm. I think we see that within a community where your group is likely inclined to want to serve in one way or another. So we want to be able to connect folks with where their passions are so that they can make that connection of here's where Christ wants me to be and here's where he would be if he were on earth. Yeah. So so they start in January and that's going to be something that they they stay in one place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So we have our three church partnerships, which you guys have have heard probably enough about by now, um, but Sun Ministries, the Van Buren Center and Real Life. Um, So you can sign up and work with one of those organizations um, directly. Or if there's another organization that, um, you know, that your group identifies as this is right in tune with where we want to work. Julie and I and Josh will help you guys get connected with them so that you can serve with them every month. So you'll be serving with the same organization from January through May. Um, the few groups, the few organizations that we've talked to about this, I think are excited that they'll have us behind them and backing them yeah. uh, month after month so that we can actually build those relationships with the folks that we're serving as well as um, the folks that we're serving with. So something like the Sun Ministries that is um, you know, a faith-based ministry and, and are absolutely loving these people um, because they feel called to, we can not only connect with the people that they're serving, but with the folks behind Sun Ministry, mm-hmm. which I think is a really cool way for the local church to get together. That's awesome. So what are some of the, so you, you talked about how we're going to be able to do that in January. What are we doing now? 
yeah. um, for groups now? Great question. So right now, um, our serving opportunities are, are still at that more um, zoomed out church level. So October, we are going to have Trunk or Treat. November is going to be a food drive. And then in December, we will adopt families. So that's where our groups will come together and buy gifts for families. And all three of those initiatives, um, we've been able to see fruit in. It's awesome to be able to bless our community in those. Yeah. So I don't at all want to skip past these, right? I don't want to jump to January um, just because we're excited about it, right? These three, I think we've seen fruit within our church and within the community. You know, we've gotten thank you letters back for these initiatives. Yeah. So we definitely don't, don't want to jump past the initiatives that we're doing. But that also means that um, all three of these serving opportunities, you know, they're not um, really effort intensive outside of while you're actually doing them. Mm-hmm. And so we want to encourage groups to group leaders to start talking to your groups about where their hearts are, where they want to serve, um, you know, look into our partnerships and we can help you do that. There's a lot of different ways to serve, even just within those three organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so look into those. Shelly Frazier, I know, organizes a monthly serving opportunity with the Van Buren Center. So that if you're interested there, um, that's something that you just as group leaders, or you could get some folks from your group to go check it out so that you're, you're more prepared to make that leap in January where you're saying we're all in with this organization. So definitely check out what organizations you might be interested in and consider going and serving there, um, you know, before January so that you're ready to make that leap and that commitment. That's awesome. So I, I know you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but why, what are the benefits of doing it this way as to just continually assigning groups to do certain things each month? Yeah, definitely. So I think the number one thing is that it connects folks to where they're passionate, right? So we're called to serve. I think that's undeniable. Um, but I want people to be able to see the impact that they're making. So by doing this, instead of just dropping in and you know handing out something or Um, you know, feeling like you're just a volunteer for a nonprofit or any other non-faith-based work. My hope is that we'll be able to see lives change through this, not just in our groups where, um, you know, we we were able to serve at the Van Buren Center and one of the new volunteers that came with us said his eyes were just open because he saw, you know, we made meals for, well, we didn't make it, but we prepped and handed out meals for families at the Van Buren Center. So, just at the Van Buren Center, there were 60 kids that we needed to prepare meals for. So these are 60 kids here in Columbus, just at that um, homeless shelter that, wow. that are currently experiencing homelessness. Um, so I think one of the goals for doing ministry this way and doing outreach this way is to just make lasting connections and relationships with these organizations so that our people are more plugged in. Um, and that footprint that we talk about in movement, I, I want it to be a deep footprint. So not mm-hmm. just... Um, you know, a shallow footprint where if we were running past something really quick, we may have a shallow footprint, but one where we really dig our feet in into the community and people see that these folks are doing this because they love Jesus, right? So we want a footprint, not just to cast a shadow, but to to really be, have our, I think our roots, you know, deeper and within the community. And that supports, you know, part of our DNA. We have, you know, a list of 10 things in our DNA. And and like I said before, one of those things is that if we want to be, we want to serve people in a way that if we were gone, people would notice like they, like there'd be something missing in that same way. We don't just want a shallow footprint. We want a mm-hmm. deep footprint. Right, right. It really makes an impact in the area that we're serving. So, all right. So, we've talked about some of the important reasons why we, we're doing what we're doing and where we're heading. But, you know, we still are left with, you know, how do we get people behind this? How do we get people excited about Serve Week? How do we champion this as leaders so people don't just write it off? For sure. Because you know, that's still a huge question mm-hmm. in the context of 
groups? Yeah, I, I love this question. Um, so I think first, when we're talking about how do I get my group excited to serve, the first thing that you can do, the best thing that you can do to get your group excited to serve is to get yourself excited to serve. So understand as a leader why we would be doing the service in the first place. So why yeah. would you serve in the first place? If I, so I'm in public health, if I want to enact change, Mm-hmm. And I want to be the local champion of something. I need to believe in it myself. So if you saw someone that told you to stop smoking and then you walked outside the building and you saw them smoking, right? Even if you know that all of the knowledge they said was true, if they're not living it, if they're not really excited about it, um, that's just going to wash right over. People are going to forget about it. And I think as Christians, um, it's, it helps us to deepen our faith to, to understand why we're called to serve yeah. so that as leaders, it's not just, we're not just doing it out of this you know, altruism or just a way of, of helping the poor or something or those in need, um, but really understanding between Jesus and myself, between myself and the kingdom, why is it important that I serve? So I think that's yeah. first and foremost, absolutely the best way that you can serve your group is by understanding it yourself. Getting excited about it. Right. And just yeah. getting excited about it. So understand, one is understand biblically why we serve. Two is understand the organization that you're going to work with. So find out the impact that they've had. And then that really helps, you know, that really helps you make your point. So we've mm-hmm. seen hundreds of, our group will likely go to the Van Buren Center and they've housed hundreds of people into permanent housing. And that is part of when I go to cast this vision for our group, uh, you know, if they're on with Van Buren Center, that's a huge, that's a huge thing for me to say that, yeah. that we're not just going there and, and, you know, scattering seeds, just hoping that they land, but we're actually seeing people's lives changed through the work that the Van Buren Center is doing. Um, so first is to understand biblically why we serve. Second is understand where you're serving and how they do it. And third is to just really champion it. So be excited, yeah. um, you know, on your own level. And I think that that's contagious when mm-hmm. we as leaders, they look to us, you know, our groups look to us for the tone of the group on any given night. And I think the same is true about serving. So yeah. they looked to us for the tone of, if if I don't really believe in a serving opportunity, if I'm not really excited about it, and I just tell the group, hey, we're doing trunk or treat, um, show up if you can, right? That's going to be a lot different than if I cast the vision of, we see thousands of families coming through. This is a way for movement church's name to be known so that folks can come and hear the gospel and yeah, can learn about Jesus. If you're excited about it, I instantly thought of FOMO, you know, fear missing out. Like right, if you champion right. it and, and, and sell it in a way that, uh, oh man, I got to be there. I don't want to miss out on that. Like, I, th- I think that's huge. Absolutely. And the last thing we, I don't know if this was a good lesson learned. It's kind of, there's kind of some hard love to to be had with it as well. Like we just had to stop taking excuses. So if, if you feel that your group is, um, anyone in your group is kind of wishy-washy on, you know, their excuse. You know, I may be interested. We're told to make our yeses yes and our noes noes. And so I think that we can do that. Um, as leaders, we're called to challenge our people to grow. And that's one of the ways that you can challenge your people to grow is to make this a commitment, just as they've made group a commitment, um, make serving a commitment. And if you understand why we're called to serve, teach your group what you've learned. You know, what has God shown you about serving that mm-hmm. excites you to do it and teach that to your group. That's that's part of our role as leaders. It's not just, you know, like we talked about last week, it's not just reading off a sheet. Um, we're called to to be in a place with Christ that we can help our folks, you know, get to where we're at just in, as in wisdom, you know, we can't, I can't teach you beyond where I'm at. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the same way with serving, I have to believe it in my heart before I can get people excited about it. Yeah. And, and we have this whiteboard in our office that we write, you become what you celebrate. And, you know, just as we go throughout the week, if something happens, you know, we, we write it on there and we celebrate. And, and I think not only just knowing where, what service is, what it says biblically, knowing your, 
your uh, place that you're serving at and then being excited about it. But I think also it's so cool to like post serve week the next time your group is together to, to like celebrate like what happened. Absolutely. And yeah. you become what you celebrate. And, and I think even for the people that aren't, that didn't make it, like weren't able to make it and they hear you celebrating it, mm-hmm. they're hearing about it again and are like, oh man, I got to be there. Like, this is awesome. I want to be a part of what we're celebrating and what we're doing. And I think that's such a cool, cool thing to remember. Yeah. And, and so. not just celebrating, but talk to your group about what they, what they learned from yeah, it, right? Exactly. Did God open their eyes, their hearts to anything? Did they see anything that, um, that they thought wasn't good? Right. Yeah. So, so talk about it. That's something yeah, follow up. Yeah. Yeah. So I good. think that's something that's huge to really, to really deepen your group's connection with the service. Yeah. So, and I think too, with, with uh, championing it is like just the burden that I think that we can have with, with people that we're serving, like, cause yes, we want to serve and we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but at the same time, people need Jesus and, yeah. and, and being out in the community. I know for some, like there was someone in my group that was like, wow, oh, I just realized serving this past month, I wasn't like, I realized that I'm not around in other unbelievers. Right, and this right. and this serve opportunity put them in, around other unbelievers so that they could have spiritual conversations, mm-hmm. practice sharing their faith, and, and I just think it's it's so cool to like be able to celebrate that and talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. So it may serving may feel like obedience to start, but my hope is that um, for each of us individually and then corporately as a church, it becomes joyful, right? Mm-hmm. So we may have to step out in obedience and make it a priority out of obedience. Um, but I think we're called to do it because of the joy that it can bring us and because of the the way that we can share the gospel through it. So it may feel like work to start, but my hope is that we can transition to joy and, and help help people to learn through it. Yeah. So, and I know that we kind of already talked about this, so maybe if you don't have anything, I think we, we can move on. But like, have there, have there been, like with everything that you've just talked about, are there still struggles that you see or or anything that, you have personally have had to overcome with this or Mm. I think you might've already talked about that a little bit, but yeah, I think personally something for Julie and I that, that we've had to get over um, and just, just learn as a, as a couple is even though we're leaders, we still have to make that decision to make it to the different events. So there are weeks that we're tired that we may not feel like doing something, Um, but just kind of getting over it for the sake of the kingdom. Like I want our family I, I want when I die for, for Jesus to look me, look me in the eye if that happens and just say, well done, good and faithful servant. And yeah. I love that picture. Yeah. And I love the idea of presenting my bride to him. And I think when we make these decisions to serve, that's not putting it on a larger scale than it deserves, I don't think. I yeah. think not that my salvation depends on it at all, um, but I think that's part of being a faithful servant is is when we don't want to do it. And yeah. I'm going to have to listen to this, I'm sure, at some point soon when when we don't feel like doing it, right? It's not that we've yeah. cured this, but yeah, yeah I, would, I would say for us um, personally, it's just saying yes when we don't want to, right? To serve. Yeah. And I think that's the, I think that's just the essence of leadership. I think as group leaders, there's times where I don't want, I've had a long, our groups are on Sundays and I've had a long Sunday morning with worship. 23 hour day for you. Yeah. It's like, you know, I thought Sunday was supposed to be my day of rest. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and here we are, we have a couple hours to ourselves in the afternoon and then boom, people are starting to come over for group. And I really don't want that to happen. But like, I think, the importance of our, our group leaders to just be grounded in, in our faith and our in, in, in our time with the Lord and in in just persevering through those mm-hmm. selfish times right. that we have and selfish moments. 
is, I think, so important. But with all that to say, we're not saying that you have to be perfect as a leader and that you should never have those problems oh, no. either. And you know? I'm so far from that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can I can just speak it because I've prepared for that. But yeah, absolutely. So it's okay, leaders, that if you come to a time when you don't want to be at your group, it's okay. We all struggle with that. Yeah, we're so there. We're there that. with you. Yeah. Even the Gorms will be there on serve weeks, I'm sure, where we don't <laughs> want to be. So just that's okay. But it's it's I think the last time our group the last time that our group went to serve outside of uh, something that movement group or that movement church had put together was when we went and served at Sun Ministries, which it was before it was an actual partner. Right. And I did not want to go that night. Mm-hmm. I had a really bad day. And um, that's when God, sh- I felt like, showed up and showed off and and put me in my place. Like, even though I didn't want to be there, God used me and I learned so much and I was really humbled by it and I felt bad for feeling that way. But mm-hmm. it's just crazy in those low moments where we're tired, like if we're obedient and we just persevere through, it's cool how God shows up. Amen. Yeah, that's. I think you made the point I was trying to make earlier, but that was exactly what I was trying to say. Oh, no, yeah, that's we're good. working through this together. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my gosh. If anyone's still with us, just bookmark that part of it. That was yeah. good. It, yeah, we... Uh, I don't have any incentives this week to listening to the podcast, but l- last month we had people really enjoy those Starbucks gift cards. I've for got listening. mine with me today. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! So, I think I think we're we're in a good spot here. I think we've talked about the the heart of serving and serve week and why we do it and how we can champion it. Um, and can you just review those those points for champion it real quick, just for listeners? Yeah. Um, so, oh, so I came up with those kind of on the spot, but I but, think I'll be able to review them. So okay. first, you want to understand biblically why you would serve personally. Yeah. Um, second, you want to understand where you're serving. So mm-hmm. what do they believe in? How are they serving people? And yeah. what's the need there that they're meeting? Um, and third is to be excited about it for yeah. your group and and to actually, it, I think all of this centers around, you have to be excited about it and believe in it first and mm-hmm. then relay that to your group. So I think yeah. that's how you can champion it. That's good. So uh, we're going to be wrapping up here, but I always want to ask this question, you know, in the midst of everything that you said today and, you know, where your heart is at with Serve Week and why you're excited about it, you know, if there's this one thing that you wanted to leave our listeners with, uh, what would that be? Thanks for asking. Um, first, I would say go read Mark 10, 42 through 45 again, um, and just try to think about how you can serve. But I want to leave you guys with Romans 10, 14 through 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So Mm -hmm. I want that to be a huge part of local outreach and what we're doing is this process of how can people call on Jesus if they don't know him and how can they know him if we're not telling them? So all Mm -hmm. of this is more than just a band-aid on the situation of where we're at um, within Columbus or Hilliard. We want all of this to be in light of telling people about Jesus and showing them the love of Jesus. So um, yeah, I think that would be really the heart of why we do what we do. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Tyler. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. I always leave these times just pumped up and ready to go. Like, let's do this. Fired up. Yeah. So um, listeners, if you if you guys have ever have any questions, I always want you guys uh, to feel free to ask me or ask Tyler. We want your feedback. Please. So if something that 
came to your mind as we were talking about this or you had a question, comment, concern, you know, email me at joshhoward.movementclumbus.com. We'd love to further this discussion and, and even dialogue more because I think that's how we can sharpen each other and continue to grow as leaders. So thank you guys for listening and we look forward to uh, talking next month about an undisclosed uh, topic we haven't decided yet. So if there's something that you're really itching to, to learn or talk more about, let us know. But we look forward to talking with you guys next week. Tyler. Peace. Peace.